talking about jailhouse narcs. Yeah. The Supreme Court is going to consider their use in criminal trials. There's a high-profile case underway at the moment where one of the so-called jailhouse narcs clearly lied, and uh, it's it's caused, of course, a lot of concern. And they've been used, narcs have been used many times in some really high-profile trials. Should they be effective? Should they be used or should they not? Uh, let's go to the phones. And on the line with us is Tim McKinnell. Tim's a former detective and director of investigation firm Zarvist. He exposed the miscarriage of justice that befell Tanner Porter and is among those calling for safeguards associated with prison witness testimony to be strengthened. Very good afternoon and welcome to the show, Tim. Hello, Tim. Hi, Hi guys. How are you? Great. Good, well, thank for you. For starters, Tim, Greg Newbold's come out and saying that they sh- they could be used on occasions if their history and any payments that have gone to the NARC be declared. Are you comfortable with that? My my position is that I think there are occasions where it is appropriate that a jury sees their evidence, but they uh, they are rare and they need to be well tested before their evidence gets before a jury. Why do you think, Tim, that it's basically, it feels to me as somebody that's not involved in the justice system as you are, it seems to me that they are used quite a lot in this country. Why do you think that is? They do appear to be used a lot and it's not clear how often they're used. I don't think precise data exists around that, and that's a concern in itself. Yeah. Um, but what we do see is that they feature in a lot of the troubling cases that, that sort of make their way to the public's attention. And so uh, Tana Porter's uh, case is, is one example. I mean, that was a case of a false confession, but it was bolstered by uh, jailhouse testimony that, uh, that's been found to be unreliable. So we there, there are many, many cases where these types of witnesses are presented, and once they're in front of a jury, it's pretty powerful stuff if we're talking about confessions. Now, that's what I wanted to ask you, Tim. Juries are smart, obviously, and they're, they're well-informed. How much weight? I would have thought they wouldn't put much weight in a jailhouse narc's testimony, but do you think the, the reverse is true? Well, I, I think it, it is. It's, um, you know, it, it's difficult to know uh, what weight juries put on particular witnesses. Um, we don't get to find that out. But I, I, I think, based on my experience and from talking to others that work in the criminal justice system, there's a real naivety around what goes on with some of these prisoners. Um, there is almost always something in it for them, or they think there is something for uh, in it for them in the future. And it's it's persuasive evidence when you have the the police and a crown prosecutor standing up and calling this witness. You know that in itself. Uh, suggest to the jury that the police and the Crown think that they're credible. Exactly. Now, Tim, let's just make this crystal clear, if we could, please. If you're a defence lawyer and a jailhouse witness, and as as we know, they often have extremely lurid stories to tell. I'm thinking about the witness in the David Tamahiri case. They have incredibly lurid stories to tell that I feel would actually sway a jury an awful lot. Um, if you're a defence lawyer, are they able, under the laws of the land in New Zealand, to say to the person... Okay, what were you in jail for, and are you getting any any reward for your testimony? Can they do that at the moment, a defence lawyer? Yeah, they can. They can absolutely cross examine them on on issues related to their credibility. Um, but you know, that will come as no surprise to juries. They're in prison for a reason. Um, but I've seen instances where where there are uh, jailhouse snitches that have been called to give evidence that have dozens, if not hundreds, of dishonesty convictions. Uh, and their evidence is uncorroborated. So when when you're presenting that sort of witness to a jury, I think we need more safeguards than what we have now. 
Tim, there's a text that comes in, uh, has come in, it says, uh, regarding jailhouse snitches, the police use the same informer several times, but we don't know that because they are, they get name suppression, snitches get money and privilege, etc. Is, is that, in your experience as a former detective, do the police use the same informant many times? Yeah, yeah, they do. And I'm aware of um, precise instances where exactly that has happened uh, in, in more than one case where uh, there are witnesses who have given evidence as a secret witness, uh, a jailhouse snitch in one case, go on to give evidence in another case. And and um, it's, it's deeply concerning um, because there is nothing from what I've seen about these people that would make you think that people would willingly confess to them in prison. That's the other part that really crosses my mind in the, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't have the fraction of the experience you've had patently, but I, but I, I did cover court during the 1970s, so I got a close look at some people that were reasonably hardcore criminals. It's always seemed extraordinary to me that anybody could believe that if two people don't know each other and, and the guy being charged is a hardcore criminal with a past history, that that person would pour out his heart to somebody they'd never met before. Exactly. And, and you know, sometimes the, the snitches claim that they've formed relationships with these people. And when you when you analyse that in some detail, and we've seen it in recent cases, it's, it's demonstrably false. Um, but it, it's quite well known to, to prisoners that there are, that jail is full of snitches. And yeah. so the, the idea that some of these hardened criminals would pour their hearts out, as you, as you describe it, to, to criminals when it is well known that there are snitches everywhere is, is, is laughable in many instances. I think in this latest case, the, the, the narc was given protection. You, you, and again, your experience, Tim, I'm amazed that there are narcs around because they must fear the consequences, do they, or don't they? Well, they, there, there are potentially risks, but I'm, I'm not aware of too many examples where, where uh, somebody who's given evidence for the Crown has come to harm. And, and in fact, there are systems in place, as I understand it, to make sure that they're quite well protected and that that in itself can be uh, alluring for some of these people. Now, in your experience, both with the police and as an investigator, who, as we mentioned, you were a key person in uh, the, getting the justice for Tainapora. In your experience, what are, what are the attitudes of the people, I'm thinking about judges now, to be honest, Let, let's forget juries for a second, do you think that most judges in New Zealand sort of think that jailhouse uh, narcs are actually credible? Well, if I'm being honest, I think there's a degree of naivety with some of our judges. Some of them come from a civil background and not a criminal background. And I think unless you've spent a great deal of time in prisons and, and dealing with some of these uh, some of these people, it is difficult to properly understand what goes on. Um, and you t- you talk to some of uh, some of the guys that have been uh, that have suffered at the hands of these snitches, and they you know it is extraordinary the length some people go to to get themselves even the slightest advantage and I'm not sure that our, our judges fully understand uh, what goes on in that world. And finally Tim as I mentioned at the top of this the Supreme Court is set to consider jailhouse narcs in, in trials with what you know, what you've experienced working with the Tanner Porter case would you say yes or no to uh, the allowance of jailhouse narcs? I would say never say never but it, it it must be rare and it must be the evidence must able to be corroborated. Tim, thanks so much Thank for chatting. Thank you very much. That's uh, Tim McKinnell, private investigator and former police officer. And uh, Fascinating, as we, but a yeah. bit chilling, wasn't it, really?